Welcome to the APS Soup to Nuts podcast, where we explore the Attleboro Public Schools in greater depth. I'm David Sawyer, Superintendent, and with me today is Julian Singer, HR Director for the District, to discuss a very sensitive topic, school safety. Julian, welcome. Tell us, our listeners, a little bit about yourself. First of all, thank you for having me, Superintendent Sawyer, uh, and giving me, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about HR, but more specifically, uh, the safety in our school system. Um, I have lived in Attleboro uh, the majority of my life. I um, grew up here, attended Hyman Fine Elementary School, um, and then uh, from fifth to ninth grade, I uh, went to a Catholic school in Pawtucket, and then came back to Attleboro, graduated from Bishop Behan High School. Um, I currently have uh, three children, who two are attending uh, Attleboro Public Schools, one graduated in 2016. Back in uh, 2013, I was approached about running for school committee. Um, I was very excited about that opportunity to um, participate in uh, in the school department. Um, I was eventually elected uh, an at-large member of our uh, school committee from 2013 to 2015. And then uh, while on the school committee, I was the chair of the policy and personnel subcommittee. Uh, so I got a, a, a nice view of, of how uh, policy and personnel uh, work and operate in, in a school's uh, educational setting. Uh, and then uh, after that time, I became uh, HR director in 2016, and I feel very fortunate to uh, work in the community that I live in and be able to serve uh, my community in that way. Now. Well, we are happy to have you. Um, so you're the HR director. Uh, what exactly is HR, and uh, what does that mean you actually do? So HR uh, has a lot of different buckets in it. Uh, most people think of HR as the uh, recruiting and hiring of employees in an organization, and that, that is the, the majority of, of what we do, um, onboarding employees. But we also um, deal with employee relations when there are uh, concerns and issues that employees bring. Uh, we are involved with labor relations when we um, contract negotiations with our unions. Uh, workplace wellness falls under the umbrella of human resources. Workplace and employee safety falls under the umbrella of human resources. Uh, risk management and um, performance management of staff. So we have our fingers in, in a lot of areas that I think people uh, don't see outwardly, which they shouldn't, uh, and so we cover a lot of, of areas in an organization. So <clears throat> I, I think in that, that description, it starts to be clear um, how you relate to this topic, but to be explicit about it, you know, how does school safety fit into your responsibilities? So uh, as, a, um, as employee safety being under the umbrella of human resources, uh, it makes sense that when we talk about employee safety, and how we're keeping our employees safe. Our students are here as much as our employees, and so it made sense to incorporate all aspects of district safety uh, into, into HR. Hmm. Um, so how do we as a district organize ourselves to facilitate work around concerns about school safety? So we currently have a district safety committee uh, that's comprised of members from all nine of our school buildings, uh, as well as our network program. And um, that is the, um, the uh, committee that um, looks at all aspects of safety, from 
um, physical safety, um, emotional safety, just building a culture of safety in an organization. Um, aside from representatives from each building, we have Jason Parento, our facilities manager, and Deb Ebert, our nurse coordinator, who also sit on that because it's important to um, make sure that everybody's um, uh, view is considered when looking at what we're um, uh, looking to improve or implement uh, in terms of safety in the schools. So, you know, we're using this term safety. Perhaps we should take a second to, to clarify what we mean by it. I mean, the world's a, a dangerous place. Uh, it always has been. And there's no such thing as, uh, you know, perfect security. So when, when we talk about safety, you know, what exactly do we mean by that word? Well, as you alluded to, you know, we can't be 100% safe anywhere you are. Um, but what we look at here uh, is somewhat what I had mentioned briefly, the physical safety of, of staff and students. So um, are buildings constructed to provide a safe environment, as safe as possible? You know, we do our best to prepare for um, events and to um, um, put policies and procedures in place for how people respond to things. Um, so we do that through, you know, our buildings. What do our buildings look like? Uh, we practice drills, the, the physical safety of students, but there's also the emotional safety of students, and so uh, we have bullying policies, we have social media policies, we have um, other aspects of um, emotional safety that we look at for students. And then building uh, a culture of safety where your employees are um, comfortable, um, trusting in a process um, that you are providing them safety. And we do that through communication, through follow-up when somebody does bring concerns, um, and then putting processes and procedures in place um, to show people that we do take safety seriously, um, and these, this is how we're doing that. And I think <clears throat> just the concept of safety is a hard one for us to get our heads around as, as just as human beings, you know, sort of globally, you know, um, on a personal level, right? like I, when I'm driving down the road, I don't feel particularly unsafe. And yet if I go to fly someplace, I, you know, worry about my safety uh, pretty seriously. And yet I've read, you know, I've read quite a bit that I'm much more likely to um, have something bad happen to me driving down the road than I am taking that flight. And yet while I understand the statistics on an emotional level, um, it's hard not to um, feel differently about what what is safe and what isn't safe, and so that you know, in managing our perceptions or safety, there's a, there's a lot that goes into that. Yes, yeah, I would agree. I think um, there's a lot that goes into it, and there's a lot that people don't see, uh, and some of it they can't see because there are details of things that we can't share publicly, because that weakens our ability to ensure that our staff are as safe and that our students are as safe as possible. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I know that a lot of people are frustrated by the fact that uh, a lot of uh, our efforts uh, to keep everyone safe uh, are discussed uh, in, a, um, in a closed setting. Um, and that's, you know, by design, as you said, uh, um, you know, it's one of the few things that we can actually go into executive session with the school committee about. Um, you know, under the law, there's only a couple reasons why you can um, take out that public component. and. Uh, I think your explanation for why that is is important. Um, 
so given that you know there are aspects of what we're doing as a district that we can't discuss publicly um, what are some of the things that we can talk about in terms of uh, what we're doing to improve safety uh, for everyone here so our, as I mentioned, the District Safety Committee earlier, we meet monthly um, and we really talk about and um, thought, have very thoughtful um, discussion around what aspects do we want to improve and what do we not. And some of the things that we have looked at over the years are improving our visitor policy, our visitors' access to our buildings. Um, and so the... Um, scripting for our building clerks when an individual comes to our buildings and buzzes in. Um, you know, now they're prompted to ask the person who they are before they enter. Why are they there? Who are they there to see? Um, just to kind of give a brief screening before they actually buzz somebody into the building. Um, and so um, that has provided, um, the District Safety Committee came up with the scripting for that and, and um, set that as, as a procedure in, um, in place. We also have, um, once an individual comes into the office of a building, we have a visitor management system called Raptor, um, in which an individual has to give their license. Uh, we scan it through the system. It verifies that the person is who they say they are. Um, and it also flags people who perhaps shouldn't be in the buildings um, for various reasons. And so that's been an added layer of safety uh, that we have implemented this year in the schools. So uh, it prompts a couple questions for me. So I think uh, a lot of times when we think about these kinds of measures, we immediately go to the worst case scenario, which is an active shooter um, situation. Um, but I, I think it's important to pause and say that these measures aren't s solely about this. In fact, the majority of the safety they provide actually have to relate to other threats, um, which you know aren't as dramatic as that, but are actually more common. Yes, yes unwanted individuals in a building, um, individuals who um, should not be around children. I mean, there are other um, safety concerns. Custody disputes. Yeah. I mean, there are lots of things that go on in our schools every day and that these measures help to, kids, help to keep kids and uh, uh, the adults safer, um, even though it's not directly related to active shooter. But even with the active shooter uh, concern, you know, I've heard people say, you know, well, it's nice that you ask people who they are before you let me buzz them in the door, but if they have an AR-15, they're just going to, you know, shoot their way into the building anyways. So um, it seems to me that while, yes, and this is something we should probably say upfront about all those situations, there's nothing anyone can do to prevent a motivated individual from, from causing harm, right? Correct. Um, so given that, it's not that we can prevent that, but you know, these measures do help us in mitigating that harm when people are committed to that. And so, you know, I don't know if from your perspective, like you wanted to help people to understand how um, the, just the simple act of making them stop at the door and buzz their way in um, helps to create uh, that barrier, which would help us to identify a problem sooner in the process and how important that is um, in terms of response time. Right. Uh, exactly. I, you know, it's, as you mentioned, nothing is going to prevent a motivated individual from carrying out an act that they, that they want to do. Um, but when you add layers of these types of things in, um, 
just the, the process of someone recognizing something sooner allows for a response to happen more quickly. Um, our law enforcement and emergency response are very, are very quick to respond if you look at the, their data. Um, but internally, it makes people more aware, they pay attention more. Um, a, similar, uh, a similar thing is the badges that we require our students and staff to wear. That's a good you know, point. A badge is not gonna protect somebody, <laughs> that's not the point of it. But what it does in buildings, uh, you know, we have nine buildings, some are very large, uh, as the case with the high school. I could walk around that building and not know who I'm looking at. Are they supposed to be here, are they not? And so a badge at least gives people um, a heightened awareness of if they see somebody without a badge, maybe they would, you know, they should inquire, you know, oh, did you forget your badge today? Or are you lost? Do you need to, you know, can I take you to the main office? Um, it just heightens people's awareness of their environment and surroundings so that they can uh, respond to things uh, yeah, I think that's a great point. You know, I, th I think that a lot of families have expressed um, that there's a basic expectation that we're going to make sure that everyone who's in our schools belongs there and that we're aware when somebody who doesn't belong there is there. Um, and, you know, if we don't have the badging of our students, then it becomes more difficult um, to, to, to ascertain that. And I, I do think that's a pretty fair expectation from parents that we would be able to, to tell the difference between the two. So. You know, we'll, we'll keep on working on convincing the students of uh, the value to <laughs> yeah. all of this. It's not fashionable. Huh? So um, I know that you've been working very hard with our local partners in the community um, to improve safety. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yes. Um, certainly, uh, you had mentioned active uh, shooter uh, scenarios before. Um, we've been very fortunate to work collaboratively collaboratively with Chief Hegney and uh, Lieutenant Kelly in our implementation of our ALICE um, program, which is our proactive response to a critical, a violent critical incident. Um, and as you said, you know, most people when they think of safety, think of that. Um, that's really just a very small piece of our safety response here in the Attleboro Public Schools. Um, but uh, with the assistance of the police department, um, it has been um, uh, refreshing for the staff to see their involvement. Um, you know, it's, it is imperative that they understand what we're doing on our side so that, you know, in, in an event, whatever it is, fire, you know, violent incident, even natural disaster, um, it's imperative that they understand what our response is so that when they come and respond, we're working still in sync um, and together as opposed to not understanding what the other's role is in the process. Um, so it's been, um, it, it's been a pleasure to, to work with, uh, with the police department in that regards. Yeah, their, their participation in our uh, preparedness for critical incidents has, has been um, you know, uh, crucial. Mm -hmm. And uh, certainly Chief Hagney has been a, 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 an excellent partner in leading um, his department and, and supporting us. But I think we should also mention that Again, like we've already talked about, uh, you know, response to an active shooter is, is you know, the worst case scenario, hopefully something we'll never have to deal with. We count on the Attleboro Police Department every day mm -hmm. in our schools to help us maintain a safe and orderly environment for our students. Um, and, uh, you know, we've worked very hard and continue to work with them to uh, improve that partnership and to put in the, the procedures and protocols uh, so that they can uh, give us the kind of support that we really need. Because, you know, as schools, 
you know, we like to think of ourselves, well, we are, we're, we're educators, but, you know, we, we get involved in so much more now, um, and their, their, their support is a big part of that. Uh, what about uh, the fire department? I know that they, they help us uh, as well. Yeah, the fire department is integral in coming in. Again, when I spoke about the physical safety pieces of our building, um, fire safety is uh, obviously a, a, a concern. It's something we drill for uh, every year. Uh, and the fire department coming in and, and doing spot inspections in our building, um, giving us feedback on things that we could improve on or not in terms of um, fire safety uh, is crucial. And um, certainly as we look uh, in the near future to um, review our emergency operations plans. Um, I will be reaching out to them and uh, asking for their assistance in that. And I, um, I have no doubt that they'll, uh, they have valued input that we, uh, we can use. I should also mention that the mayor's been very supportive about investigating other um, capital improvements that we might invest in that uh, would al also help to improve safety in the school. So uh, we're very lucky that our partners across the city uh, are supportive of, of this uh, important initiative. Uh, any other things we might want to mention to people about uh, what you guys have been working on? Um, so again, as, as we mentioned, our, um, our active shooter, our, our staff do go through online trainings for that every year. Um, again, the District Safety Committee was very thorough and mindful when changing our approach to these types of incidents. Uh, proactive options-based responses are the best practice uh, for those types of events, and so uh, we have had a slow implementation of that with um, this year, again, collaborating with the police department to do our hands-on training, and then um, this year um, teaching our students the ALICE concepts um, at age-appropriate uh, lessons uh, for, for this school year. So um, uh, that's something that the committee has worked very hard on the last two years. Um, the other things... Um, <coughs> Excuse me. Um, that we have been uh, working on in terms of digital safety. So we talk a lot about, uh, again, the physical safety of the building. Um, but, you know, with 21st century communication the way it is, it's imperative for us to uh, ensure that um, we maintain guidelines and boundaries for staff and students alike. And so um, with that, we uh, instituted or created through our policy subcommittee a social media policy uh, that sets guidelines on how staff and students should be communicating with each other um, and uh, providing us the opportunity to use platforms where we can monitor um, and archive information um, should we need it um, uh, for, future, uh, for future reference. Um, we also monitor social media um, and respond to it accordingly uh, based on the information that we get through that. So uh, that's just another aspect of safety that I don't think people realize uh, is, is part of the overall safety plan for a district. Yeah, as kids spend more and more of their lives online, um, all of uh, those issues um, find their ways back into what we do in the schools on a daily basis. And so you know, we have to get involved if we're going to, to manage our students and uh, their well-being. Yeah. Um, the, um, along the lines of emotional uh, safety, um, because the digital piece, I, I think, you know, certainly plays into that emotional piece. You know, when, when, you know, when I was in school, you know, things would go on in school and then I'd go home and everything's good. You know, I don't have to think about it till the next day. And, and these days, kids just have that constant bombardment of, um, 
connection to their peers. And so there isn't uh, a relief point at any, uh, at, uh, during the day. Uh, and that, that um, plays into their emotional safety. And so we have really tried to, um, to look at safety from all angles. And when we talked about, um, you know, again, we talk about active shooter, but what are the things before that that we could start doing? What, what isolates kids? What, um, you know, causes them to kind of draw into themselves? And so we um, also have started the Start With Hello campaign. And so what that does, you know, K through five is just getting kids to be aware if there's students that are by themselves, you know, just reach out, say hello, kind of get kids right. in. Um, and, you know, extending that into middle school with, um, you know, uh, the say something. You know, if you see something, say something. Just trying to get everybody in the school system to have a heightened awareness of things that on any given day with everything going on, you might just walk by it. Yeah, so many of our crises or crises that we've, you know, witnessed in other places, you know, they, they, they stem from unmet social emotional needs, right? Yes. So if we want to be safer, we need to do a better job of making sure that everybody's well. Right, right. And I think that, uh, again, with the, the District Safety Committee, looking at all of those angles, we're really trying to make sure that we cover um, all aspects of, of safety in our district. Um, we have a bullying policy that we revise and review every year, prevention and intervention policy, and um, we do um, make sure that we're covering everything. And if we're missing something, we, you know, people bring it to us and then we say, okay, then now we got to look at this direction um, and make improvements that way. So it's safe to say this is a pretty uh, complicated and multifaceted mm -hmm. challenge that we face and that uh, a lot goes into the various aspects of it. Yes, yes. So, <clears throat> you know, we've had a few incidents in recent years, uh, most notably the episode at AHS last year. Um, you know, they've been troubling for, for our families. Uh, wh what should we be telling them to help them, you know, make more sense of those and to, to, to feel better about safety in general? Yeah, you know, the, it's hard. Uh, you know, we get information and, and as I mentioned earlier, sometimes we can't share things. And um, it's hard for families to, what I would say is that I, I would hope that families would trust in the school system. Um, that when we make a decision about something, uh, whether it's a threat that came in, that if, if school's open, that we've thoroughly vetted through that that threat isn't um, a real thing um, and, um, you know, continue on as, as they would. It's very easy to get caught up in the, um, the anxiety of a situation or the thought of a situation happening. Yeah. Um, and it, it's difficult for, you know, leaders in a school system to, to temper that anxiety for parents. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I certainly respect uh, the rights that families have to make decisions about what makes the most sense for them as a family. And um, if that means that sometimes people want to keep their kids home, um, I do respect that. But I, I also wish I could. Uh, we did a better job of building that trust that, like you said, if, if we're open for business, it's because, you know, we've either um, addressed a threat or there wasn't really a threat in the first place, which is more often the case. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I've, I found it very challenging to convince people um, when threats are not substantive 
that you know that's the case. Um, it's been uh, it's been a real challenge. But all I, I'll end on this point is just to say that you know schools are the safest place for children. Um, bad things are much more likely to happen outside of school than in them. Even with how you know you know our perception of that is so marred by. Uh, the sensationalistic journalism that goes into you know, the active shooter situations we've seen in other places. And so I think that that has really uh, corrupted our thinking on this. But statistically speaking, it remains the case that our, our kids are safer here than they are anywhere else, uh, at, you know, uh, at least based on the numbers. All right, so t to wrap all this up, um, what would you say is the, uh, the, the, the big takeaway for those who are concerned about safety? Um, the big takeaway is um, this is uh, a priority in the school district. I've been here for three years. This has been a major focus of my job the last three years. Um, and uh, the work uh, that we're putting into developing policies, procedures, guidelines, uh, the, uh, vast, uh, major the vast amount of people's input into those, uh, we cover all our bases. and. And if someone thinks that we're missing something, I would welcome them to reach out. Um, but we're doing a really good job here. Uh, and I just, I want people to, to notice that. Yeah, and then I, I would just add that from, from my perspective, I you know, I was in the classroom when uh, Columbine happened. And at that time, there was a pretty strong reaction to that. And uh, the district did a lot of work in trying to uh, think through what it needed to do, be better prepared for a situation like that. But as that subsided, you know, those efforts were not sustained. And we all fell back, you know, into the lull of normalcy, um, which I think we were really snapped out of with Sandy Hook. Mm -hmm. And I just, I feel much better um, knowing that we no longer wait for crises to motivate us to worry about these things, that this is now, we've built in a sustainable effort to always be improving safety and to be thinking through and thinking about what kinds of things we need to work on and adapting to the, the, the context as it unfolds in time. So um, I, th I think we've done, gotten much better as a district in, in, in uh, ensuring that this isn't something that we're going to just wait for the next problem to worry about. Yeah, we're definitely, uh, when we've done uh, presentations to the community, one of the biggest things was that people were very happy that we were being proactive in our planning instead of being reactive. Yeah, so. yeah. That's a, uh, <laughs> a nice, succinct way of saying what I was trying to say. Yeah. Well, Julian, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, the staff and students of Attleboro are grateful for your efforts to keep them safe. Until next time, thank you to all of our listeners of the APS Soup to Nuts podcast. <laughs>